Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Edo Cool J with a triumphant comeback. Episode of the Hell's Kitchen Cast Sweet Christmas Power Hour. I am Captain Chaos, aka Chipsella, and joining me tonight, the one, the only, the amazing, the astonishing Agent Andy Ant Man Urquhart. How are you doing, Agent? Yes, doing well, doing well. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, can't <laughs> this is going to be another annoying voice. Just for the intro. You know, I mean, <laughs> we had to come up with something. We decided, you know, uh, a lot of stuff probably would have been taken the wrong way. So we just kind of made this up as we go went along and uh, as we do everything on this show and trying to walk the line, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm, yeah. So, 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 Andy, it's uh, been a while. I I don't know when did we do the la- last Saturday? I guess was the last time we uh, we we wrapped up Shield. Yep. And we decided, okay, let's start, and we're going to try and get through the entire season, first season of Luke Cage uh, from Netflix. I was going to call him Luke Cage Power Man. That's just the way I remember the comic <laughs> book being titled. <laughs> Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, Power Man, and Iron Fist. Um, but we're going to try to get through the first, the whole first season before S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back January 10th. So we're going to do double episodes. Yep. And fortunately, the nice thing was there wasn't much news this week. No, and I think that's going to be the case kind of over this winter break. Not going to be much news at all. Maybe we'll get some trailer or other. But I doubt it. Well, I got to see the... Guardians trailer in IMAX 3D with Rogue One this weekend. Nice. Yeah, I know. This is just awesome. It's like, I just can't wait for May. <laughs> what, what was better, the trailer or the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I stayed awake for through, through the entire trailer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you seen Rogue One yet? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. Here is, uh, without any spoilers, it it's a little long, I think, at the beginning. There's a lot of setup. They're bouncing from planet to planet, kind of like showing where the various members are before they get together. And it's a mm. little disjointed and confusing, and that's from somebody who's read, you know, most of the books that are no longer canon. Um, so it, I found it a little off-putting and 
yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a little slow to get 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 the thing moving. Once it gets going, uh, and when I woke up, it was uh, really good. Uh, some of the most one of the most incredible space battles and special effects you will ever see. Nice. And there's a lot of great nods, and I'm not going to spoil the movie. I I did enjoy it. Um, I do need to see it again, and I will see it again, but. Um, uh, it was just that, it, like I said, it was just, for some reason, it just, the the beginning just dragged for me. So, hmm. okay. so other than so the trailer was better than the movie then. Okay. <laughs> you said that I didn't, I'm, but I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. All right. Okay. Okay. So, um, I think the only other thing we saw that was news which isn't news is uh jennifer lawrence wants to be part of the cool marvel cinematic universe not the lame-ass x-men one yeah so basically she said that she doesn't really want to play mystique again in the uh the fox marvel universe and she wants to be in the cool marvel universe yes. she, i think she definitely said that she wants to be um in guardians of the galaxy she wants to be with the cool kids that's not news who doesn't want to be with the cool kids <laughs> right but um i mean they could easily do that, you know, like not not have a play mystique. But I mean, there's plenty of characters they've not explored yet. I'm sure they could find one that would fit her. Who, who do you think she could play? Just off the top of your head. Uh, what what's the name? What did uh? Well, there's Moon Dragon. Uh, there's. Mm. I'm trying to think who I've seen in the guard in the Guardians part of the universe or in uh, Marvel general. Yeah, just in general. Uh, she'd make a great black cat. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she, maybe she's maybe she's a bit old for uh, Tom Holland, though. Well, yeah. I mean, if they're doing, yeah, they're they're doing young black cat. Yeah, that doesn't work. But if they're doing one that's yeah. the actual age of the black cat when the black cat showed up, uh, mm. Silver Sable. Um, mm. I know there was that other what what was it Penance or something like that that uh, joined the the. Guardians. Oh, Penance was uh, Penance was a guy, and he was Speedball. Uh, speedball, yeah. Okay, well, there's another one that was somebody else uh, and joined the Guardians uh, in the first volume of Guardians. There was a there was the bald lady and there was she I'm sure she was a lesbian and she had a girlfriend that was yes. also part of the Guardians. Yes, that's I, the I one forget. I'm thinking of. Uh, Phyla was it? Yes. Qu Quasar, Quasar. Okay, yeah, the former Quasar. Because hmm. obviously she's not Quasar anymore. She's going by some other yeah. name. Yeah. Um. And because she, she took on some name like Penance or something like that. Um, uh, martyr. martyr. Martyr, it was. No, the martyr, there you go. Yeah. Um, and who else? Is female Guardian, I'm trying to think. I can't think of any other female Guardians. We already have Brie Larson as uh, Ms. Marvel. Just mm -hmm. go. Yep. She would have been, been a good Ms. Marvel as well. Is she Jennifer tall Lawrence. enough, though? Eh, I mean, you can you can make her a little bit taller on screen. 
stretch around on the rack, that type of thing. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to, uh, yeah, because I was trying to think of that. Who else could she play? I'm trying to think of classic blondes in, because uh, she, she, she's fairly blondish. I know, yes, you can dye hair whatever color you need. Mm. Um, Valkyrie's already cast. I'm trying to think of a strong female. She, could she be the She-Hulk? She could be. There's uh, there's Angela as well. You know, uh, the character that's created by uh, Todd McFarlane and ended up coming into the Marvel universe. <laughs> yeah, I would I would be hesitant as to who owns uh, the film rights to that character, though. I, I'd be fairly sure it's Marvel now. Just. Well, maybe. Yeah, that was weird. I, I have no idea how how or why that ever came down. Yeah, I mean, she's been in the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, so... Alright. I know cartoons are, are different from movies, but... Oh, she's there. Let's consider her fair game. That would work, too. Yeah, because she's been in all the mobile games and stuff, so... She hasn't, she's not in Puzzle Quest or Contest of Champions yet, but... She's in Future Fight and Marvel Heroes, Avengers Alliance, and uh, Avengers Academy. Okay. She's in basically all the other ones. All right. Just not the two I play. Yeah. They just <laughs> at, we're about to get Howard the Duck uh, as a playable oh, character nice. in contest. So. Okay. I'm saving up my coins for that. <laughs> um, all right. So... That's all we really saw for news. I think we should just get right into this, Andy, because we don't want these episodes going uh, extremely long. We realize they might go a little longer than a normal episode, but we're hoping to pull it in in, in an hour and 45. So hmm. why don't we get started with the first episode of Luke Cage? Yes, so Luke Cage, season one, episode one. And now I've done I've done this a bit differently. Okay. From the way we do Shield, so like in Shield, we do like a massive big breakdown of like all the all the scenes in the episodes. So in this, I've gone for more of a kind of high level overview, and then we can go back and talk about uh, key points in the episode and stuff like that as as we need to. Um, so the in the first episode, which is called Moment of Truth, uh, basically this was an introduction episode where they introduced all the main players to the show. So obviously you've got Luke Cage, you've got Pop, who's the owner of Pop's Barbershop, uh, you've got Misty Knight, who's a detective, you've got Cottonmouth, who is a, a club owner, and is the uh, the bad guy, basically. He's very clear he's the bad guy. Uh, you've also got Maria Dillard, who is a, what is, what is he call her, a counsellor? Yeah, she's a, like a city counsellor. And you've got Shades, who is a representative of someone called Diamondback. Yes. They're, they're the kind of main main sort of characters that are introduced in the in the first episode of the show. Um, so in this episode, there is the the first scene was really weird because there's, uh, there's a lot of chat in the barbershop, pop's barbershop, that I did not understand at all. They're talk, I think they're talking about it could be American football, it could be baseball, it could be ice hockey. I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, <basically laughs> most of it was basketball. Basketball, right, okay. I had absolutely no idea what they're talking about. I did not get a single one of the references. It, it was very weird to watch that as the, the opening to the show because it kind of threw me off. 
because I thought they would come in and like introduce, I don't know, something that was familiar to us. <laughs> but yeah, so um, there's basically a lot of world building in this episode, and um, which gives good kind of background flavor to to Harlem, and a lot of setup for for future places and events and stuff like that as well. Uh, we find out that Luke works uh, two jobs: one at Pops as a hair sweeper. Uh, Pop knows that he has powers, and he also works at Cottonmouth uh, Club as a dishwasher slash occasional barman. But uh, he's still behind on rent because he gets paid under the table from both jobs due to him being on the run from Seagate, which I don't think we knew this when we first encountered them in uh, Jessica Jones. Mm, try that again? Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, no, we we weren't aware of that. No, so it's given us some a more like a more Luke Cage's backstory. They can't they kind of drip feed it in like you get it in little little bits and pieces here and there through this episode and the next one. Um, Luke meets Misty while he's bartending, and and he's very charming, and they bang, <laughs> mm-hmm. as you do, uh, and she she claims to be an auditor rather than a detective, which is interesting. Uh, Cottonmouth has a big deal for stolen Justin Hammer weapons go south. Interesting that they used Justin Hammer weapons, I think, because I didn't expect them to use something like that, to be honest. Because it's the first kind of like big tie like that that we've seen in one of the Netflix shows to something that's happened in the movies. Because Justin Hammer was the main villain in uh, Iron Man 2. Yeah, they... They're they're doing they're ma- yeah they're doing a better job of putting a lot of references in. There was one when he was walking on the street where some guy was selling bootleg DVDs of the mm-hmm. incident, and referred to Tony Stark by name, uh, the old guy, I think uh, the old guy with the shield, uh, yep. the green guy. The Green Monster, I think they called the them. Mon- yes, the Green Monster, not the one in Fenway, which is a baseball reference. Um, mm. uh, so, I my second watch through, which I did yesterday, I, I picked up on a lot more of those uh, little inside references. Just, you know, so I'm like, this is what all the shows need. So I think they're finally hitting the balance. Yep, hundred percent agree. Um, so yeah, Cottonmouth has this big deal go south. Um, basically, the money during the deal was stolen by two of Pop's kids, as he calls them. They're like sort of kids that he's taken in off the streets and he's given one of the guys a job and the other guy's like a, a regular customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys are called Shamik and Chico, who are in cahoots with the bartender who called in sick that Luke had to cover for. Uh, his name was Dante. However, he was killed during the uh, the raid on the deal as well. Uh, Cottonmouth obviously gets wind of this and he manages to catch and kill uh, Shamik and he is hunting for Chico. Also, uh, at, at the end of the episode, we see some uh, goons, some of uh, some goons who are rep- basically representing Maria Dillard. Uh, they're kind of shaking down Luke's landlady who I think she owns like a Chinese restaurant with her husband. And... Luke comes in and beats them all up in the scene that we've all seen in the trailers. And he also, uh, she tries to offer him money and he says that he is not for hire. Yes. 
So that's like an overall. Yeah, yeah, a little nod to that. That's like an overall of what happens in that episode. Good episode. Um, there was a lot of stuff that we'd seen in the trailers already, especially like the the one fight scene with Luke that was that was heavily featured in the trailers. Like that was basically from this episode. Okay, do you want to do both episodes and then go and? Hey, up up to you. Yeah, let's do both and then come back. Okay. So, uh, Luke Cage Season 2, Episode 2, Code of the Streets. And we find out that Luke hates the N-word. And some dude kind of tries to kill him at gunpoint. Which we discover later on is actually, like, later on in the timeline. And then everything else that happens in the episode is a flashback. And this actually happens at the end of the time of the current episode. Which was, it was a bit of a weird way to start the episode. I don't know why they bothered to put that in there. Yeah, it was... It was... It was interesting, but they're they're trying to uh, you know they try and mix things up so you just, so it doesn't get repetitive and boring, and I think you need mm. to do that uh, when you put these shows out for binging. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah, true, true. Because I mean, if you watch all thirteen episodes back to 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 back, um, I don't know if that was thirteen or not. Somebody can count. <laughs> um, you, if if they're if they're all the same rhythm, if they all have the same order and uh, to to them, it, it would get boring. I think you have to mix it up, and I think uh, they're just you know because this is still kind of a new format. And when I mean format, I mean all thirteen episodes being released in one day. Uh, mm. I think you know a, as this becomes the norm you're going to need to i i think people are trying to figure out the best way to keep people glued to their seat and binging and uh so that they do watch them all and i think that i think this was uh an attempt to start that before uh this first you know the first episode and the second episode you know are the same way and then you got the third and everything's just going in order mix it up and you can kind of see that too uh with the just the order of the episodes themselves i'm i'm only through episode four so far but we know that episode four they go you know and this is not a spoiler in any way shape or form but what happens in episode three gives them time to go back in episode four and go through the origin that is mentioned in uh, these first two episodes and show what mm. exactly happened and give the backstory to some of the things that were said in the first three episodes. Yeah. Um, we also see uh, Misty Knight being awesome at analyzing crime scenes. She is Batman in this universe. Yeah, I was th- there's so many different uh, idiot savant uh, or, you know, uh, detectives with you know that sixth sense type thing or whatever, and but but this was a good way of showing it. Mm, yep, it was a really good way actually. I thought it was, it was very effective, and uh, it totally reminded me of like a Batman video game because you kind of do this like exact thing in, in Batman video games. You look at like yeah. a crime scene yeah. and you sort of explore it and like you play it back and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see it like in a in a show like this. Especially with the main character, like it's not being the main character that's doing it. 
Um, we also find out that Pops is Switzerland. So basically, it's untouchable in Harlem. It's one of the sort of safe havens, mm-hmm. um, and it shouldn't. It doesn't like doesn't get attacked, even when there's like a, a big gang war or anything like that. Uh, Cottonmouth and Shades come to Pops, and uh, we see, also see that Turk is uh, is there. Uh, if you remember Turk from Daredevil, I think he's he goes on to become Stiltman in the comic books. Well, we're still waiting for that. Yeah, the suit is there. I wonder if it's ever going to happen. But, and since we're kind of doing it this way anyways, uh, he shows up on the roof. Yeah, he does. At the end of the episode. And they're, how'd you get get up here? And he's there, well, look, I'm I'm Turk whatever. Uh, There's no building I can't get into or something like that. It it, it was a vague Stiltman reference. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think he should. And maybe there was like a pair of stilts at the side of the building there. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, we see him playing. He's playing chess with one of Pop's friends. Um, Loops Luke snaps a broom during this, and he also offers to take out the trash. Like obviously referring to uh, Cottonmouth and uh, Shades, and Pop says no. And Luke also makes Cottonmouth pay for his shave because he was about to leave without paying. And uh, only a very select few people, like Muhammad Ali, get free shaves. (laughs) Yep, Shaq. Not Cottonmouth. A couple other guys I I can't remember, but I know he said Shaq, Muhammad Ali, and... Mm. Uh, Misty is awesome at basketball. Yes. Worth noting. <laughs> like, I just thought it was weird that she would be, like, good at basketball. And um, look, man, just a... F- yep, on you go. Well, uh, yeah, basically she... Uh, she, challenges, she challenges a street kid who might know where Chico uh, is to a game of horse. Hmm. And... Uh, he does, and he, he takes her on, thinking it, this would be you know, if if she wins, he has to give her information on Chico. If he wins, he has a get out of jail free for any nonviolent uh, crime. Yep. And uh, she basically shows him up, and then points because all the stars or all the best players from that playground have their name spray painted on the court. Are their initials, and she yeah. p- points to the MK over in the corner. Yeah, um, Luke manages to find Chico, who refuses to come with him, and we see uh, Luke and Pop having a bit of a discussion, and we find out a bit of Pop's backstory. Uh, he used to be a thug until he was put away, and we find out that he was kind of like hanging about with uh, Cottonmouth and this other guy, uh, Fredo. And Chico is Fredo's son. So this is why he's like kind of protective over Chico. Uh, he also tells us that he opened the shop to balance his dirt. Essentially like do like some good for all the bad things that he did in his life previously. And basically to try and help uh, some of the kids to stay off the streets. Uh, Chico eventually does come to Pops. And uh, Turk sees him there and then leaves. And <laughs> we know that Turk is a bit of a bit of a dodgy geezer, so 
you can imagine what's going through his mind. Like, how much money can I get for this? And uh, Misty and her partner come to co- uh, Pops as well. And uh, we have this amusing and awkward exchange between Luke and Misty, where they both pretended not to know each other. <laughs> this was uh, this is awkward. Yeah, it was really funny because Luke is like trying to like poke like poke fun at her, and like mm-hmm. Pop obviously knows there's like something that something's happened here. Like they had coffee. <laughs> Um, and then Luke visits uh, Cottonmouth to set a parley for Chico. And uh, Cottonmouth does agree to it, like because obviously he's got his past and his uh, history with, uh, with, with Pop. However, uh, Turk sells out Chico to Cottonmouth's guy, I think his name was Tone, and Shades. Yeah. And this guy, this, these two go to uh, Pop's, and Tone, despite Shades telling him otherwise, and just goes up to the Pops and just shoots the place up. Uh, during this, uh, Luke protects a kid who is getting a haircut, and they both pretend to be dead, but Pop is killed, and Chico is badly wounded. And Shades and Cottonmouth's guy recover the money. And uh, Pop's last words were, uh, forward, always, always forward. Which is pretty good, like, last words. Mm. If you had to choose, those are good ones. Uh, Cottonmouth's guy Tone and Shades tell Cottonmouth the news, and uh, Cottonmouth gets mad when Tone calls him Cottonmouth. So he does not like this this name. Uh, apparently, it was a na- nickname coined by I believe it was by Fredo um, when when he had had two uh, teeth knocked out and uh, his smile looks a bit weird. He's obviously had those replaced since then, and they, they've done quite a job of like focusing on his teeth and his mm-hmm. smile and stuff like that uh, through the two episodes so far to show that he he doesn't have any missing teeth and he has like takes great pride in his sort of personal appearance so uh, Cottonmouth is pissed that Tone killed Pop and he throws him off the roof and uh, when, when Turk comes up he tells him to uh, get his payment from Tone who's downstairs <laughs> yeah uh this was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, um, Turk also says that he's going back to Hell's Kitchen. So I, w- I wouldn't expect to see him in the rest of the, the no. season. But we might see him pop up in, in maybe Iron Fist and all the Defenders. Yeah, maybe. I think he's going to be uh, everyone. Yep. I think he's going to be one of the yeah, characters he... you see uh, mm. pop up in all... all he's going to be one of the the legacy or linking characters. Yeah, and I quite like him, and it's given like some flavour to his sort of his story as well. Uh, so Cottonmouth then pays back Maria Dillard, who is his cousin, is the the councillor lady who had financed his club through some uh, basically government loans <laughs> that she'd uh, borrowed the money out of some shady government account, and then she needs to pay it back in. So he's he's got the money back. Now, um, Misty Misty knows that something is weird with Luke not getting hit during the uh, the attack because he has a he has bullet wounds in his shirt, but nothing on his skin and none of his blood anywhere. And he also says that he shielded the kid, so she knows that something's weird. But Luke is Luke is not telling her about it. Uh, we then see sort of the the start of the episode again with this with this kid. Coming up to Luke, who is outside the what's it, Christ, 
Christius Atox building. Christmas, I think. Yeah, we're we're gonna butcher this. I'll look it up. Yeah, so like this guy is apparently um like a, a sort of African American uh, folklore type hero who stood up to his oppressors like back in the day and, and uh, basically basically was martyred, um, and he basically stepped up. So and Pop stepped up. So look now decides that he's stepping up. And he scares away this kid who who was going to kill him by like grabbing a gun off him and shooting himself in the stomach, and the kid is like, "What the fuck?" and runs away. All right, here you go, Crispus Attucks, uh, seventeen seventeen twenty three to March seventeen seventy was the first person killed in the Boston massacre in Boston, Massachusetts, and is widely considered to be the first American casualty in the American Revolutionary War. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, so uh, that's about everything that happened, the sort of main plays in those two episodes. Uh, what, what, did, what did you think of these overall? Because it's very, very different from what we've been used to, especially with Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones. Completely different show altogether. Um, I don't know if I would say completely different. I mean, this is, now you've seen the whole thing. I'm only up to episode four. four. Um, I found... I th- I thought the beginning of Jessica Jones the powers were extremely subdued uh hmm. and you know very light you know other than her you know jumping up up to the top of a fire escape and this and that and they didn't even show that it kind of happened off camera you'd see her jump and then the next thing yeah uh, they would just cut to her on the thing um this one in the first episode always sees the guy when he um when he's protecting uh, the Chinese restaurant, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They they have a great name for it, Dragon something or whatever they call it. Uh, but I, I didn't even know what it was called. It, <laughs> I have no it, idea. Yeah, it was. It, it has a good name, uh, like Dragon Lady or something like that. Uh, Dragon Lady Lee's or something like that. Um, mm. But uh, so really, the only other than him lifting a dishwasher or a washing machine mm. in Pops, the only other scene we have is when somebody goes to uh, sucker punch him and uh, his, his the guy's fist just crumbles. And then we see a couple of, you know, bats and whatnot break off. You know, they swing a bat at him and it just breaks on him. So there's, there's and then, yes, the, there are there are some super Superman bulletproof incidents but so they've played down the effects the powers uh as much as they can and i think that's something that they're just going to build on and i would say Mm. they kind of did that with jessica jones too where the first few episodes uh weren't very hero-y you know they they weren't very filled with superhero effects or anything by the end of jessica jones it got i thought it got a lot more uh you know it went from being sort of a film noir to um kind of science fiction to an extent Mm. you know uh not space science fiction just you know uh more macabre more uh i i guess 
noir mixed with science fiction to an extent extent because you got the secret mm-hmm. labs and all that shit uh going on but um so in terms of this i don't see it much different than jessica jones okay you know they're both people that real that have powers that really don't give a shit about them jessica jones wants to drink get laid and run her a, a detective agency Luke wants to get laid and uh, sweep here at a barber shop. He kind of wants to just be left alone. Yeah, he just like is the kind of yeah. main takeaway. He he's laying low. He doesn't want, uh, you know, he's running. You know, he's on the run from Seagate. Uh, he needs to be paid in cash. He's taking jobs where he doesn't have any, uh, you know, jobs that pay cash. And there's no paper trail for people to find of him. And he's doing what he needs to do to get by. And just Mm. leave him the fuck alone. And he's learning that... And basically, what what these two episodes set up... And it... This is one that takes a while to build. They basically had to light a fire under his ass in order to get him to do something. In the first episode, he, you know, he protects uh, the Chinese people and the, mm, yep. the Chinese restaurant that he lives above. Uh, this episode, Pop dies, and this is when he says, all right, I'm bringing this, uh, I'm in this war, they dragged me in, and, and I'm going to take these people down. And, you know, then we'll, then we'll go to episode three later, but... Um, If anything, I would say this is the most boring of the three Netflix shows so far. The slowest of the three. Uh, the sl- These two episodes were the slowest first episodes of all three shows. It took a little too long to mm. set up, maybe. I, 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 I disagree. It definitely slower than Daredevil, but I don't think it was as slow and boring as uh, Jessica Jones. I think, I think this is... Uh, this is a better show than Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, you had, you on, had on the first. girl killer parents at the end of the first episode. Mm. Yeah, no, I know, but you you had more shock. <laughs> you had more. It was more holy shit. You uh, you had this huge twist at the end of the episode that you never saw coming. And this one just ended with him uh, stopping some goons from uh, trashing the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, I don't know. I just preferred uh, I preferred these to, to Jessica Jones. I don't know why. I think this is just Luke Cage is cooler than Jessica Jones. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Jessica Jones mm. is a, just a horrible, horrible person in my point of view. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just don't like her. But um, Luke... Uh, and, and, I mean, we already know Luke. We saw Luke. We saw Luke uh, take a shotgun to the chin... Uh, in Jessica Jones. We saw him sl- throw down with Jessica in bed and out. Um, we've seen him in action. 
and we you know we've already had some of his backstory his origin the things leading up to him becoming i'm not going to use power man i'm going to use uh the hero for hire mhm yep and uh so i think i don't know i while i like these two and i think i watched the first four episodes in two days which is my version of binging um <laughs> it, it they and, and watching them a second time yesterday i was like it's just it's just a little slow i think you could have possibly condensed the first two episodes into one or in at least one and a half i, I think that you definitely if if you're starting to watch the show you, you definitely need to watch the first two episodes like together back to back i, I think if you just watched one then you'd kind of be like yeah that was all right but there's so much like introduction of the different characters in that episode that Here. needs the second one to kind of give them something to do actually I'll, I'll i'll go one better condense the first three into two hmm because possibly i mean i don't know i, I did i didn't really mind the pacing but certainly at this early stage i thought the pacing was all right i think there's it, later on it kind of definitely drags down a lot but the the these ones are fine okay yeah like I said, <laughs> i've only gone to four and I like, you know, I liked four. I kind of like mm. three because uh, the action does pick up in three. Mm. I, I think that where like I really did enjoy these first two episodes and like watching them again was was good as well. Um, where it did kind of fall down for me a bit, and I think this is more just to do with like where I'm from rather than anything else, is that I didn't get a lot of the references that what they were talking about. Because there was like a lot of jokes they were laughing at, and like they were talking like about this and that and the next thing, and uh, it's very, very American. And I don't mean like just African American, mm-hmm. um, just American. Like and, like they're talking about all these like basketball players or uh, or American football players or baseball. Players. I have no idea. It could have been like I said, it could have been any of them. I I had absolutely no clue what they were talking about. They might as well have like, especially in that first scene, they might as well have been speaking Japanese. Like I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> Well, as someone who's not a big uh, basketball, I don't I don't follow much basketball either. Um, I mean, I got most of the references because basically we have Sports Center on twenty four seven at this house if if my wife has her way. Um, so I I knew most of the names, and I and hanging out at the barber shop isn't something that I ever did. Uh, ever <laughs> no no i mean i go in i get my hair cut and then i leave <laughs> my understanding um, you know and it's yeah <laughs> it you know uh it's part of that neighborhood culture uh yep. that people spend time and hang out and uh kibitz and shoot the shit at the barber shop and play chase and play chess, and you know it, yep. it's a place that the neighborhood uh, hangs out. So, uh, mm. I, in terms of, but you know, like I said, that's I never had a place like that. You know, I, I hung out at my friend's house. We hung out, you know, they hung out at my house. We 
when I got it, older, I hung out at the bars, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the, the equivalent, like, for, for us would maybe be, like, the arcade. Yeah. Like, if, yeah. You, if you ever hung out at an arcade. Yeah, the, the arcade wasn't in walking distance from my house. That was the problem. So. I used to hang out at the beach. That's where, that's where we went, the beach. Okay. Just kind of like on the streets, like they're talking about not not in gangs or anything like that. I don't understand like that. So yeah, and like I said, uh, we hung out on the street at our friend's house. Um, you know, one one of our you know one of our houses basements. Um, mm. You know, like I said, you know, you know, movies a little bit of maybe uh, going to you know movies or arcades when we had cars. And then, and then, you know, it was basically the bar. Mm, yeah. Same for me. <laughs> so, but, all right. So, uh, what else did we want to talk about on this thing? The, the other thing that kind of threw me off about as well and had me scratching my head was when uh, Luke and Pop were talking about, like, authors that they liked. And I'd never heard of any of them either. Like, had you ever heard of any of these ones? The authors mm, that we're no. talking about? No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I guess that if you knew the names and stuff like that, it would be telling references that might be, like, mentioned, I don't know, the sort of themes in their books might, like, tie into the themes of the show, but, like, I've never read any of those books or ever heard of any of those authors before, so those references totally fell flat to me. This series has a very ethnic feel to it. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's not your, I, I, it's I not your and my thing. ethnicity. And so, yes, yes. I, some of that is lost on uh, Wasp Nation here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they, they, they weren't they weren't authors I was exposed to in school. Um, I'm not much of a reader anymore. But and so yeah, I think there's a lot here that just uh, is kind of we get we get a glimpse at this and what it's like, but we don't get all the in jokes. We don't get uh, all the references, and I don't think we're supposed to. No, I I totally agree. Yeah, um, I I do think that it kind of makes Luke a hard character to relate to. Because he is bulletproof, and uh, he's also like into all the stuff that we don't know about. But what what I what I do relate to is like uh, there's a lot of characters in the show that use the N word, mm-hmm. and he hates the word, which uh, which I mean I totally agree with. One of the complaints I heard when the show released, and. Uh, it wasn't, you know, they weren't very uh, polite or delicate about it, so I'm not going to be either. It's that it's too black. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I agree, disagree? I, they went, they went for a style. They, it was a, it was a uh, deliberate choice, and just because this is not, just because this show doesn't cater to white America hmm. or the white race or however you want to put it. It doesn't have to. 
not everything has to be uh you know agents of shield or daredevil all white characters that type of stuff um and i have no problem with it and i have no problem realizing that this show is referencing and talking about things that i have no experience with or you know weren't were part of my maturation process or anything that I know about growing up. And so, yeah. And using words like that, uh, some people think it's okay between, uh, between, uh, black people to use that. And some don't want anybody using it. Hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I did, I did really like the the episodes overall. Uh, I thought it set a good tone for the show. Um, a lot of music in there as well. A yeah, lot of music and a lot of like Sadiq in the first episode, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they identified who was in the second one. Yeah, I'm not sure who that lady was. And they had a, they had like a DJ playing at one point as well. Like, um, there's a lot of like stuff going on at Cottonmouth Club. And uh, he is really into music, and we see that he can play the piano as well, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also like he's got like a massive big photo of a uh, biggie in his office <laughs> with a crown on his head. <laughs> yeah, I see. which we see we see the trailers, but it's cool to see it like yeah. in in the show as well, and especially when he sort of like walks towards the camera and he's got like the the crown kind of floating above his head. As well, it's good uh, sort of symbolism and imaging there. Um, I actually like I, I liked the music in the show. I thought the music was really good and it fitted the tone and it gave it a sort of that flavor to it. And the music's actually good, <laughs> which I bought. The and, and it's not like, mm-hmm. and the, the soundtrack is only all the instrumentals. None of the none of the good stuff. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh. But yeah, really good music. Um, worth worth chasing down if you if you can find it. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, was Cottonmouth himself. What did you think of him? I kind of find him to be cartoonish. Okay, uh, see, I would say the total opposite. I thought it was like a really realistic, believable character. <laughs> see, I I I kind of find him to be a character to an extent. There's just something that I don't know. I just don't like him. <laughs> and it's like I get the feeling yeah, like I said, uh I'm can't say I'm all that uh impressed by him. Hmm. See, see I really liked him and uh I kind of like sympathize with him like with his with this whole like this guy that who's like his gun dealer sending his patsy in to interfere with uh, with Cottonmouth's business, like uh, Shades, because uh, Shades is there to represent Diamondback, who's like sort of the gun dealer for uh, for Cottonmouth, and he doesn't like having he doesn't like having Shades there with him, even though he like he obviously respects him at least a little bit. But uh, Cottonmouth kind of sees himself like as the, the big dog. I don't like shades, but you're not supposed. To, you're clearly not yeah, supposed to like yeah. him. Um, but like, I kind of sympathise with a little bit with Cottonmouth and like he's trying to run his club, and it's quite a cool club. Like, it's got a good vibe, and like, it seems pretty chill. Like, I don't know that. Like, I don't know if I would get in. It seems quite exclusive, but <laughs> it seems expensive as well. 
but it's got quite a cool vibe and there's good music and stuff playing so he's like he's managed to make something of himself from seemingly like we've not like heard his old backstory and things like that but seemingly small beginnings and he's not quite the typical sort of thug that you would you would expect a gangster to yeah. be he's flashy he's like a flashy gangster do you um i'll, I'll go kind of out of left field here. Do you uh, get uh, the sense that he's kind of uh, t- a take on Tony Montana from Scarface? Mm, a a little bit, yeah. American version of him. Kind of, yeah. The, without the the so much drugs. I mean, we haven't really had drugs mentioned too much as of yet. No. Although it's unclear, like, what his product is, like, apart from, like, we know he's dealing in guns, like, the Justin Hammer stuff, but he does mention product several times, so, like, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that he's not involved in drug trade. Yeah. So. But, certainly his main, his main business seems to be guns and, like, gangs. (laughs) Yeah. So. Uh, what else is... Should we discuss Misty Knight? Yeah, Misty Knight. Uh, I loved Misty Knight. I thought she was brilliant. and I think she was actually better in this than what I've read over in the comic books. Because what I, liked her in, what I read from her in the comic books, I did not like her at all. Well, she's, she's just... A lot of the time that I saw Misty Knight, Misty Knight was a support character. Mm-hmm. And we know that she goes. I mean, technically, there would be a great show if they kind of did a Heroes for Hire with her and uh, what's her name, mm. Colleen Wing, where they okay, yeah. they went off and uh, did their little Heroes for Hire because they they sometime after Luke and Danny and Heroes for Hire. Colleen and Misty take it over and actually have a team of heroes, pseudo-heroes, mercenaries, villains, whatever, uh, work for them. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, they go on, and they they go on a bunch of cool missions, and that that would be that would be a great show. Yeah, and like in the comic book, she had a. Uh... Like a detective agency called Nightwing Restorations Limited. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you can use Nightwing in, in, in this universe. I think that it'll be uh, copyrighted to DC. Mm, that'd be fun to watch them battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like anything when I've seen her in the, in the comic book, she's always had this big afro. Mm, okay. Like big giant afro, which, like, I don't know, it just kind of seemed ridiculous to me. They should Black go around like. Yeah, like kicking ass wearing this big afro. But like in in this show, like she she's got like relatively big hair, but it looks it it looks realistic and cool. Mm-hmm. And like she's got a kind of attitude and a, like a swagger about her. And I, what I like to, about her as well is that she's not like she's not young. She's obviously like probably what forty odd. At least, uh, they're they're making Luke older too. I think in this. Yeah, so he's probably something like that as well. Um, but she's actually still very attractive for being like that age. So, but uh, any other key points? 
Any Easter eggs you want to mention? I think we hit most um, of them. Yeah, I think we hit most of them. I mean, the main ones were like the, uh, the DVD thing. Hammer. And uh, Justin Hammer. And Justin Hammer, yeah. Worth, worth noting, Justin Hammer, I believe, is currently locked up in Seagate. Okay. There were a couple Buzz. other mentions of mm. the guys uptown. I.e. the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's... I mean, they're known as the Avengers in the MCU. We know that. So I don't see why they don't call them the, the, the Avengers. I understand why they don't say maybe, like, uh, the Hulk, because maybe they, he's not known as the Hulk in the wider world. He's more called, He's more just, like, all that big green monster. Yeah, like, well, I get that. They refer to Tony Stark as Tony Stark, though. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's no, he's well known in in the universe. But like Captain America, I mean, he's he was an American hero, so people would know who he is. Yeah. And like Thor, I can understand why Thor they would they would kind of not know who Thor is. Just this guy with a hammer. And the green monster is fair. Um, hmm. Pop referred to Luke a couple times as Power Man. Mm-hmm. That, that was another one. There was the reference at the end uh, uh, after protecting the Chinese restaurant where he goes, I'm not for hire, which is yeah. obviously... Yeah, that was right. good. I like that. Um, I'm trying to... I, I think those were the main references I saw in these two episodes. So... Mm. Um, just, I just wanted to mention the, the Justin Hammer and Seagate thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he's... He's been in Seagate. We know Shades was in Seagate. We know Luke Cage was in Seagate as well, as well as the uh, the Mandarin, or like uh, the pretend Mandarin anyway from Iron Man Three. Because uh, if you watch the uh, All Hail the King uh, one shot, which is I think is the last one shot they did, they haven't done any more since then, and it's actually probably the best one. So definitely worth checking out. I think it's on YouTube now. Um, in that one, it if you think about all this right, it could mean that. Shades met Justin Hammer in prison, broke the deal to like to get his weapons basically, or like steal in inverted commas his weapons uh, using uh, Diamondback's resources and then sell them on. And so was, Justin Hammer is like involved in this a little bit. And that's another reference, Diamondback. Yeah, Diamondback. Who I'm not really familiar with Diamondback to be honest. I believe he's a guy that like has diamond hard skin and looks mm. like a diamond. Okay. <laughs> there, there actually might be a couple of different diamond backs now that I think of it, but uh, I mm. think that was the original one from uh, that I recall from the seventies Marvel. Yeah, and um, given the fact he's been mentioned a couple of times. I would assume he'll show up later in the sh- in the episode. And sorry, in the show. Yeah, he is actually one of the. Uh, I think he's one of the uh, Serpent squ- Squadron or the whatever the. There was a serp- the Serpent Society. Mm-hmm. So. There's, yes, there's multiple Diamondbacks because there's a female Diamondback as well. <laughs> of course, that is. <laughs> There's the one that was a ser- uh, sort of a serpent. And then, uh, yeah, so. 
take it for whatever. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> so, but so I think that's it for the the references that I recall from the episode. Yep, yep. I think I think that's most of them. So, all right, uh, Andy. Anything else? Um, no, I think that's it. I think I think these two episodes did a good job of kind of setting up the all the characters and giving them a kind of motivation. Obviously, now with Pop's death, Luke is going to be mad at Cottonmouth, who he'll see like as being behind this uh, this hit. So he's going to, uh, we assume, go after Cottonmouth in some way. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's four different Diamondbacks, by the way. <laughs> so. of course it is <laughs> yeah the first, well the one that they're probably using is willis striker the first diamondback was a foe of luke cage willis striker was one of luke's childhood's friends first appeared in hero for hire one known as diamondback for his mastery of knives including specialty gimmicked knives that exploded released toxic gases or created sonic waves he was apparently mm. killed in uh, an explosion in Luke Cage Hero for Hire 2. Hmm. So worth noting as well that um, Maria uh, Mariah Dillard, who's the, the counsellor in the show, the councilwoman, um, she is also from the comic books. Um, she is a character known as Black Mariah. Okay, yep. Yep. I don't think she bears too much resemblance to her uh, comic book character, though, because she, in the comic books, is very, very, very fat. <laughs> and she's definitely not in this. And apparently Rachel Layton was the fourth Diamondback, who was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, LMD, who was in love with Captain okay. America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a couple tweets. We should probably do those and wrap this up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Josh Laney finally went and saw Doctor Strange. Didn't realize that it would uh, deal with multi-dimensions and not just magic. Uh, he thought the effects were great. He saw it in two, 2D. Not sure if I missed out on 3D or not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, no, I, th I don't. Th I don't think so. I, I think it might, um, it might enhance certain scenes, but I don't think it was something that. I I just I don't know. I think I'm just wasting money going to see these movies in 3D all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even even Star Wars. I mean, after a while, the I think the effect loses its effect on you. Yep, totally agree. 3D is dead to me. So, um. Let's see. Okay. Mike. Mike. Yeah, we'll just call him Mike because that's his Twitter handle. Cast a shield. Wishful thinking. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. W wishful thinking on my part because I enjoyed Peggy Carter TV series, but passing shield badge to slingshot was a wink in my opinion. I Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the slingshot yet. Okay. Have you? No, I haven't watched it yet either. I, I kind of want. I think I want to like do three and three or something, because I think they're only like ten yeah. minutes long or something. Okay. Um. 
Mike also wrote, wrote, I truly enjoy podcasts, but for the love of God, let's stop talking of the show's doom. If it happens, it happens. It's depressing. I agree, and I'm tr- we try and steer away from that uh, as much as possible because I really hate throwing dirt on the show the way it is. But one of the things we have always done and will continue to do is watch the ratings. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... And I honestly think they're coming back for another 12 episodes next year. And they get a half season. We'll see. So, uh, Tim Hernandez, for the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer bet, uh, if Chip loses, then he should have a Spider-Man homing cat tattoo. Homecoming tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. If Andy loses, he should get a Ben Affleck Batman tattoo. <laughs> and he says they can be temporaries okay yeah I'm up for temporary uh, yeah. Ben Affleck Batman tattoo yeah you know I've made it almost 50 years without a tattoo I'm not I'm not getting one a spider douche now <laughs> you could do a temporary one I could do a temporary one yeah I, I could I would do it I can do a temporary spider-man tattoo because yeah that's fine. Uh, if I ever got a tattoo, it would probably be either uh, Rocket, Baby Groot, or Stitch. Probably Stitch. Yeah, so. nice. <laughs> uh, James Warren. Just got to watch the mid-season finale. Good episode. Do you think this is the last we'll see of GR this season? No. Definitely coming back. He'll be back in either the second last or the last episode. Definitely. I think they're doing three story arcs. That that that's my yeah. understanding for this season. So we're gonna have we have Ghost Rider, we're gonna have LMD, and then we're gonna have whatever they're doing at the end of the season. And I think that's where uh, we will see uh, Robbie Reyes come back. Yep. We could see that other Ghost Rider pop in as well. Like That'd be the Johnny awesome. Blaze one. Yeah, because yeah. I still prefer Johnny Blaze over. Robbie Reyes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and then James Warren also wrote, "What is what is with director Shield Man get up? Is Ada pulling a mad version of Jocasta?" <sighs> yeah, I you know I went back and I kind of looked at uh, the super or what what I can never remember his name. It's not the Super Patriot. I always call him that. Uh, whatever. It's just just Patriot. I think he was. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's basically shield battle armor, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even sure why he's wearing battle armor because it looked like it was pretty bulletproof to me. Well, I mean, we've never seen him take a shot. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's definitely super strong, but I don't think he's bulletproof. So that's why he's wearing like the armor. He's certainly wearing much more armor than Coulson ever wore. I agree. So, I, I want to I see how they develop that character. Mm. I think he's going to die at some point. Mm. And Coulson will have to take back over. I, you know, like I said, I could see spinning him off into a Thunderbolt series. You know, because I don't think he can do the Liberty Legion. 
because I don't think they're setting him up as being uh, part of the the 1940s Marvel Universe. Mm. So if you're going to make him part of this one, the Thunderbolts is a easy easy way to put him somewhere and put together mm. a, a decent team as well. Um, could be, yeah, could be. And is Ada pulling a mad version of Jocasta? Maybe. I think. I think that I know there was a storyline where the LMDs took over Shield. Mm, yeah, they might do that. And I think it's going to kind of be more of a take on this. Now, granted, there's only one LMD that we know of so far. Um, two, two, two. Oh. Yeah, well, because we know Ada and uh, May. Oh, okay, and May, and May. Well, the the Koenigs, we're, we've never confirmed were LMDs. So, um, mm. but okay, so yes, there's two. Uh, we so it'll be interesting, but I guess I would assume that they would probably take elements from that story, and I honestly have not read it. Maybe I will try and. Uh, read up on it at some point before the season comes back but um you know like they were able to do civil war with a half dozen characters <laughs> true yeah very true and which in the comics took hundreds so maybe maybe they'll be doing something uh along the lines of that all right uh i guess we're done andy yeah, I think that's us. Hour five. Nice. So, first of all, uh, we want people to obviously tweet us. Let us know what you think of the format. Are we going too fast? Do you want more detail? Do you want less detail? We're tr- Like I said, we're trying to get through all 13 episodes before S.H.I.E.L.D. gets back. And uh, that gives us about three or four weeks at this point. But... Let us know what you think and send us your thoughts on Luke Cage. Um, try and keep them to the episodes that we're talking about or have talked about. So anything up to three and four would be good uh, for next week. And then, you know, as we get forward, uh, post them on our Facebook page, post them uh, in Twitter. Um, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of Luke Cage and any other random mcu stuff we will still answer all that as well um andy when you're not shooting up a barbershop where can people find you <laughs> you can find me trying to shoot up alley every tuesday on 42 level one we broadcast live on allgames.com 4 30 eastern 1 30 pacific 9 30 greenwich mean time we talk everything tv shows video games and and movies um you can find all our episodes on stitcher itunes and allgames.com and i can be found every tuesday night 9 p.m eastern on allgames.com on the b team podcast with ryan fred and eli i too many shows i get them all mixed up (laughs) where we uh we discuss video games we talk tech we talk movies and tv i'm sure there will be a brief discussion of star wars rogue one this week I really need to watch that again. It's not going to happen before B-Team, though. Um, And then you can find me Thursday nights on Knuckleballer Radio with Normie, Sean, and Eli, where we discuss pretty much everything. 
So you never know what we're going to discuss. And that's on all games, 9 p.m. Eastern Thursday nights. Both shows are available on Stitcher and iTunes as well. So uh, we will see you guys next week. And uh, tagline to get the hell out of here, always forward. Night, guys. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> no, we use that at the beginning. Can't use it at the end. It's always sweet. It's always sweet Christmas, especially Christmas time. All right, everybody, have a sweet, sweet Christmas. <laughs> Night, guys. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Adam Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More But tonight, don't call it a comeback. to the first episode of the Hell's Kitchen cast, Sweet cr- Fuck Me. <laughs> Sweet Fuck Me? Oh, okay. Uh, God damn it. Three, two, Pay one. Pay the swear jaw. Pay the swear jaw. <laughs> oh, shit. If, if we had to pay the swear jar on this show, we, we could take out the national debt for Scotland and America. <laughs> All right. <clears throat>